The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. Hi, Chris. Hi, Mama Son. I'm great. I'm, I'm happy that it's summer and yeah. Just are the kids in camp? They are in camp. Has it been Thank going God. okay? <laughs> kind of. It's you a know, big camp, transition. The, the, I just realized how much kids love camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's completely de- different than school. By the way, they are in Bumo Summer Camp, which is still available if you guys are interested. I mean, in my opinion, it's probably one of the best camps out there. Me too. Unfortunately, it's only in Los Angeles for now. Hopefully we will be expanding. So anyways, uh-huh. they <laughs> love camp. They don't want to come home. And the best part about camp is that they go to sleep instantly yeah. right when they they're exhausted yeah they're so exhausted yeah. and so that makes me very very happy i know same my kids love camp too and we're gonna do the bumo camp end of july amazing i'm so glad that we can talk about it in this manner now that our kids are older but can you go back a few years and think about that newborn time because we want to for the next few episodes talk about that newborn stage mm. We told you guys last year we had Randy here from Dear Doula and start off, kick off the series, which I think will be so fun. Number one, because we get to reminisce a little bit about newborn newborn time. And I think we should give our listeners sort of the episodes all put together in like one little kind of bunch mm. so that they can sort of access them, share them if they want to with friends who are going through that stage as well. And it's all of our resources and experiences can be kind of all together. I love that because I think the hardest thing for me when I was a new mom or about to become a mom or give birth is that where do I go? Where is this one place that I can go that I can get all this information in one spot? And and I found all, everything that I needed a little bit everywhere. And it was kind of messy. Yeah. So what we want to do for you guys with the next few episodes is kind of just package it up for you. Everything, literally everything that <laughs> you need to know as a new mom, a new parent. So hopefully it just makes you feel a little bit more at ease mm-hmm. and just encouraged by the process because we know how hard it is right now for you guys. Mm-hmm. Today, we are going to kick it off with labor. Yeah. So let's go back and share bits of our labor story. And more importantly, because we have kind of shared some of our, our stories. Like I was, you know, like some of the things that we have shared a little bit. I shared about the whole epidural thing last week. If you could share, Chris, some of the things that you expected to happen mm-hmm. or like, oh, this is what's probably going to happen. And then maybe what actually happened. <laughs> So we like to call this the Instagram versus reality moment, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Honestly, I think I was pretty well informed because of you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> we all need a good friend that has been through it and can tell you exactly how it is. And you were that person for me. And so luckily I had in the back of my mind that it doesn't necessarily go the way that you think it's going to go. 
but in my head, I was like, okay, but I could be different. <laughs> I I store that in the back of my mind. So if it did happen, I wasn't surprised. But in my head, I was like, okay, but I'm different. I'm unique. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to have an amazing birth labor story. Right. And to be fair, I think I did in the very beginning because as you know, you were there in the yeah. delivery room with me for yeah. my very first. It just happened really fast and easily. I think, and this is another thing I can talk about later, I did work out throughout my pregnancy and I knew that I had to build up kind of my core muscles to be able to push my uterus, all of that. So I was really good about that. And I think that did really help with the pushing. And so that process was kind of, it was perfect. Yeah, (laughs) it was perfect. It was exactly what I imagined to be in my head. Yeah. Obviously, I held the baby when Chloe was born. She did not latch on as I would imagine. Oh, so what did you imagine that first latch would be like? Just like she'll nuzzle her nose mm. onto my nipple and then she'll just like latch on immediately because mm. that's what people describe it as. Mm. And that's what they show you in their beautiful birth videos. Sure. And so it was just a matter of like, okay. <laughs> All right, get on there. Why aren't you watching? Beautifully off? latch. I know, like open your mouth. So that was when I was like, okay, this is not exactly what I thought would happen. But besides that, my birth, my actual pushing was exactly how I imagined it to be. But as I talked about in the last episode with Dear Dula, mm-hmm. it was at the very end when I didn't realize that I could have stopped the doctor from giving me the what is it called? Episiotomy. Yeah. Yeah. I should have said something, but I was. Well, you wouldn't. Ne- you wouldn't even know. Like there was no warning. Yeah. 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 So yeah. my reality, but then I was numb at the time, right? Yeah. So right. my and if you guys listened to the last episode, which I highly suggest you guys do, I asked for epidural at the very very end because I didn't realize that you could ask for it before. I was just waiting for someone to ask me if yeah, I wanted it. Yeah. it, but no one did. So at the very end, I was like, uh, "Am I gonna get the epidural?" And they're like, we can't really give it to you because you're dilated and you're ready to push, but we can give you a tiny bit. So that tiny bit of epidural actually started to kick in after I gave birth. (laughs) So I did not feel anything down Mm, there. So even when the doctor cut me, I didn't really feel it. And so the reality actually kicked in once I went home. And I was like, I (laughs) cannot walk like this is not. And not only that, I, I literally could not, I I couldn't even move because I was in so much pain on top of that. I got an infection down there. What did the, what did the hospital tell you to do as part of your recovery at home? The same thing as everyone else. Just use uh, the pads and. What is that? The like the witch hazel kind the of The witch pads? hazel yeah. pads. Yeah. Did and they give you the squirty little bottle? They gave me the squirty bottle. Yeah. I use that every day. I did exactly what everyone else did. Yeah, I was curious if they had more instructions since you no. had had the episiotomy. Okay. No, nothing. They did mention that I do have some stitches. So just yeah. be, to be careful not to like do anything crazy. But that's like, it. What? I don't yeah. know. Like what would you be doing? Yeah. I don't know. Running? Yeah. <laughs> working out? No, but no one should be working out anyways right after they give birth. So... Yeah. They didn't give me any special instructions. So my reality actually hit when I got home and I was like this. I am in so much pain right now that I couldn't even enjoy Chloe the very first few months. Or not few months. I would say the first month. 
because I was in so much pain. And that was not what I expected. Yeah. I was really angry. I was pissed at... Honestly, I, I felt like I was a little pissed at Chloe at the too. Whole oh, at uh, Chloe, not the I process. I mean, yeah. the process. But like, I was pissed at myself for feeling the way that I did towards my daughter. Yeah, because I know, I know because exactly of her, I was in so much pain. Yeah. And I was kind of associating the two. And I didn't even realize that it was because I got the episiotomy until I went back for my checkup. Yeah. And I was like, what's… Because no one really… No one told, told you. me. And well, then you mentioned yeah. it later. Later. Yeah. Because I also wasn't sure what had happened. That was my first, that was probably my second labor that I had been mm-hmm. in, in. I knew it happened. It looked completely out of line to me. But I also didn't want to add to the scariness yes. of like you having to recover. I was going to talk to you after. I mean, because it had already happened. At yeah. that point, there's nothing I could do. And I didn't really know at that point what the process was for recovery. I was hoping your doctor would lead you through that. Yeah. But I don't no, think she did. No. Because I didn't know that that happened and that that could have, that doesn't happen to everyone. I thought maybe that does happen to everyone. Right. I was just like, wow, it really sucks. That brings me to another question. Like, I think you and I, we were both in our kind of like our mid 20s when we got, when we had our first baby. And we didn't have this like, mommy internet world Mm. right like right now everybody talks about their motherhood journey which I think is incredibly positive yes because we talk about the good and the bad the struggles and how to overcome that I think that has been so trans like just has transformed me and so many moms but then there's like a ton of information out there now some that is hard to digest some that it's hard to process you don't know where to turn to get accurate information yeah and then this whole concept of like do we have too much information out there these days? Like, would you have want to know about the PCotomy in more detail to feel more empowered when it happened to you or not? Like, I mean, like yes going and no. in, yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I think I would have definitely would have liked to know what an episiotomy was. Yeah. I definitely didn't know what that was. I yeah. think some sort of baseline education yeah. is important. And I put that on myself. Like I could have done that research and but But that's what I mean. That we just we didn't have the internet wasn't flooded true, with true. like mommy stuff. Yeah. It, back in our day. We had maybe Ferber and Sears. Like we had very specific like parenting doctors. Yeah. But that was kind of it. And that was it. it wasn't even really available online. You had to go and buy their book and then sit for like weeks and read and you're it. Like, I don't want to read this whole book. <laughs> Which book? I mean, the books are big. You're just like, I yeah, don't- no, no one's going to read through yeah. that. I would skim the top a little bit to try to understand the concepts. Yeah. But again, like the reason why I'm asking is because I feel like you and I went into it kind of naively. Like I think I did. You had my experience. But other than that, were you, did you do all the classes before the labor and felt really informed? Because I didn't. No, I was bad. I didn't <laughs> do any of the classes. No, but it's not that you're bad. The classes are 40 minutes and it's once one time. I think there's a there's a benefit to going in kind of blindsided. I mean, of <laughs> course, yeah. there are moments like what my moment where you're like, oh, crap. Like, I wish I knew a little bit more about this. But for the most part, when you go in with kind of no expectation, yeah. then you don't have these crazy ideas of what should be happening, right? Right. Yeah, Because I think that's what information does to you. Yes, it can empower you and it could help you make better decisions. But at the same time, 
there's so much information that could also overwhelm you, bring anxiety. And that's also not healthy for the new mom. Yeah. And everyone is going to go through a different experience. Experience. No matter what the book says, your experience is going to be just for you and Mm. nobody else. And it's going to be unique to you. I am so excited to introduce Jelly Drops to our Bumo community. Jelly Drops are semi-cured gel nail strips. With Jelly Drops, you can apply gorgeous gel nails at home. They are made from real gel polish strips and cured 60%. They come with a variety of nail shape sizes per package. You can pick the size that matches your finger, apply, file the edges, cure under the UV light, and apply a gel top coat. This cutting edge technology originated from South Korea with gorgeous on-trend designs. It's convenient and mess-free, so apply anytime, anywhere. They are easy to put on and easy to take off. The nail comes off with minimal to no damage. No need to soak or file um, off the layers like with wet gel polish. Instead, you can just add a few drops of removal serum and gently pop it off. Each gel set costs between $12 to $20, so it's very affordable in my opinion. And you end up with a flawless finish with nice dome shapes and clean edges. I started using jelly drops during the pandemic because I couldn't go to the salon. And it was a way for me to practice self-care during that time. And now I continue to use them and even do them with my daughter once in a while. I love them. So if you want to try them, and I think you should, they are more than pretty nails. It's like spending time on yourself and just giving yourself a little treat. So check them out. User code BUMO, B-U-M-O, at checkout for 15% off your first purchase at jellydrops.com. That's G-E-L-L-Y-D-R-O-P-S.com. What's going on this summer? I mean, just madness. (laughs) Just madness at the house. But I have to say I'm so thankful for KiwiCo because I feel like KiwiCo is giving me a little extra time for myself, but also really engaging with the girls. Because for me, it's all about, okay, what do they do once they get home from camp? Um, Because they they just have all this energy. So how do we calm them down, (laughs) but also still have a lot of fun? And KiwiCo has been incredible for us because one, they just love building these boxes. We've been using it for months and months and months now. Um, But it's also they're learning something. It's enriching. It's engaging. And they create super cool hands-on projects designed to create a lifelong love for learning uh, amongst the kids. And I also love that KiwiCo has a range of different ages. So both my three-year-old and seven-year-old will have different boxes from infants and preschoolers all the way up to teens. I know that your kids are a little older and they have boxes for them as well. Mm -hmm. And KiwiCo delivers really enriching hands-on experiences that spark their curiosity and inspire creativity and they really learn through these projects because they're real engineering and mechanical um, kids can actually discover the engineering and mechanics behind every object the science of chemistry of cooking geography culture brand new art and design techniques literally all of it but it's also super fun for them My daughter just did their kaleidoscope um, box and it was so much fun and it's beautifully made. All the materials are really high quality. So you guys, KiwiCo is redefining learning with play with explore. 
KiwiCo is redefining learning with play. So, you know, get on these boxes. You can get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BUMO at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at Kiwi at KiwiCo.com. That's K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code BUMO. Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no one. No one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands of which we have multiples and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. I think ideally we have just like basic information of yeah. like how what's happening to your body what a contraction feels like, what your body's going through to open up, what are some of the things you can do to stay healthy, like workout and things like that. And then you're surrounded by a group of providers who really have the best interest Mm. at hand for the mother. I feel like that is to me the best case scenario, but we are now facing doctors and facilities and things that maybe don't have the best case, like the best intentions for moms. And so then you feel like you have to go in like armed up with like contracts and things like that. And I just don't feel like that makes for a good experience. I mean, how was your experience? So with me, I... (laughs) I wish I I knew a little bit more, not too much, because I think I would have maybe been a little bit more scared and not as empowered, but I knew very little. I did go to the Lamaze class and like the newborn class that the hospital offers. But again, it's 45 minutes. It's very basic. And even just like that first time you hear it, some of it doesn't really like make sense. Like, yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like your body opens up and you're dilating and like, what is all that? And so I didn't really go in very well informed. I shared on the last episode that I was pretty scared of the whole process. So they gave me this clicker. So they, you know, hooked me up to my epidural and then they gave, they put this IV on me. And every time I felt any sort of pressure, which was a contraction, I I would get scared. I was like, oh my God, this is, it's going to hurt. So I would like press this clicker that would just pump up more into my system and I was swollen. Chris, like, I didn't take pictures back then because, like, that wasn't a thing that you would do. But, like, I was swollen, like, two size. Like, I was... So epidural swelled, like... Swole me out. I don't know if it was epidural and the Pitocin. It was, like, a combination of uh-huh. all the things. And it was bad. And I couldn't, unlike you, like, I couldn't feel my body during actually, act- like, the active labor part. Mm. And I couldn't access my my muscles, my glutes, my abs, my back to actually push my, my yeah. baby out and, like support the baby here's another thing that they don't tell you Mm -hmm. is that no matter how strong your abs are no matter how much you work out if you don't use the epidural like wisely Uh you won't be able to use your abs and your muscles and Uh because it's just hard to push out because you're so numb yeah so i think epidural is information that people actually should be educated on i agree yeah i agree and it is something that I think new moms should talk extensively with their doctors and their providers because now there are other options, right? Like you don't have to resort to the epidural and use it as like your main source of of pain, you know, relieving. Yeah. Whatever. And also keep in mind that, you know, obviously when you were 
giving birth, you were younger and you were probably very fearful of this pain. Yeah. Pain is part of it. You yeah. have to kind of embrace that pain and it's okay to feel these contractions. So yeah. let's talk about contractions yes. because I think that's something that no one really talks <laughs> yeah. about. And you kind of go in blindly being like, okay, what is a contraction? Is this a contraction? Am yeah. I supposed to go to the, the hospital now? Yeah. Like what were your con- contractions like? Okay, so my contract. So I did get. I, I describe contractions as like an elephant stepping on your body. Oh, okay. No. Okay, I remember being. You're right. Being very scared about contractions because some people just said it was like the most. You know, some somebody told me it was like doing a hundred sit ups in a row, and like the next day you have like this very pain tight soreness yeah. around your abdomen and your back. Somebody uh-huh. described it to me in that manner. Somebody described it to me in like this crushing like very scary like it's this crushing pain where you absolutely need the epidural and of course I went with that Uh which is also why I think I was so scared of this pain that I was like giving the epidural as soon as possible so to be completely honest I don't think I have experienced a contraction I, I I do have to admit that I am such I, a weak sauce. I know you are very scared of pain. Yeah, I am. I have very low tolerance for physical pain. So I think as soon as like I was able to, they so the, I was lucky that I dilated enough where they could give me the epidural, but I hadn't really had like a full blown contraction. Yeah. But so I, I don't know how to answer that question. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> you tell us. Because I felt everything. And again, everyone's different. But for me, it I felt more familiar with that feeling because I do work out a lot. Yeah, I am. I'm sore quite a bit in my abdomen because I do focus a lot on my abs. So it's not necessarily that feeling because okay. I know I know how it feels to be sore. Uh-huh. It's much more intense than that. Yeah. I, I think I could relate to more of that elephant stepping on your stomach feeling. <laughs> yeah, somebody described it, it that way. It literally feels like someone's kind of punching you, but it's more of like not a fast punch. It's like a deep, slow oh, punch. <laughs> And then they pull out and then you're like, oh, okay, it's gone. You can breathe again. You can breathe. And then you're like, okay, it's literally going to be, you're timing it. You're like, okay, five more minutes until yeah. another punch comes. Yeah. And so it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Can you compare it to like menstrual pains? Yes. I was actually just going to say that. It feels like very extreme menstrual cramps. Yeah. And my cramps are mediocre. So maybe some people have really intense cramps. I would just like to say that it's very similar to that. Mm -hmm. But maybe like times two or three. Two or three. I I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone's different. And you have incredibly like high tolerance of pain. I have the most... (laughs) disgusting tolerance for pain. I mean, you pretty much went through labor with like without any epidural. That's yeah. how much tolerance you have. Yeah. Not that I enjoy pain, but it mm, makes me feel tough. I'm I just like, know. I can handle I this. Know. I could do this <laughs> I don't know. a little bit more. And I just that that's I just get into this kind of mental space of yeah. like pain is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. But you do. You 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 endure very endure. well. Yeah. Yeah. I do have endurance. It's so funny because with my second, so that was my first. I was very scared. The epidural thing was was horrible. They vacuumed out my son. So my first and I tore and that was really painful. With my second one, I did I did know by then not to get the epidural too fast, not to pump it as, uh, you know, so often. And I did feel some of the contractions. But to me, actually, it felt like pressure. Mm. I felt like 
instead of like the crushing pain of like an elephant stepping on you, to me, it felt like something wanted to explode from within me. Mm. Almost like a balloon that's like holding so much tension and so much air. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it felt like to me. So it actually wasn't so much pain as kind of like this pressure where you can't breathe like the suffocating pressure yeah it's what it felt like to me yeah 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 i could see that it was more of that and then with the second obviously it happened a lot faster right? it happened a lot faster yeah. i was more aware of what my body was doing i was more comfortable and i would get myself into position this is another thing depending on where you're delivering for example for us they wanted us to be on our back when we delivered but by my second baby i knew that i could advocate for myself and get myself in a squatting position mm. so i requested that and so this hospital had some bar that they set up on the bedside and i could hold on to it oh. and come up into more of a squatting position but oh. i don't think they all have that i didn't deliver the baby squatting but through the you know just because it's a long process they let me get on a squatting position through some of it th- through some of the contractions and did that help yes I felt it just brought so much relief. Uh-huh. So much more relief. And then I would go back to my back and then do more of like the more westernized way of pushing. Okay, so we have to talk about this because this is something that I also didn't expect. Mm-hmm. But when you're pushing, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. Oh boy. You literally feel like you're just going poo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you Am are. I right? No. Yeah. Oh no one told me that. And I was I like, see. wait, I think I'm gonna in my <laughs> pants or in my gown right now. Yeah. And they're like, that's normal. Yeah. It's okay. And some people actually do. Yeah. I didn't, just for your information. Yeah, but right. I felt like <laughs> I had to. And you know, it just feels really uncomfortable because you're just like, I don't wanna do that in do front that of all in front these of all strangers. These people. But that's also something that I wasn't aware of. And mm-hmm. just so you guys know, when you are pushing your baby. And you feel like you have to go. Mm-hmm. That's totally normal. Yeah. Because it's actually the same muscles that you're activating. But by like probably 10 times yeah. to push it out. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the pushing. Okay. Because okay. Again with my with my first that was that was it. With my second I was more connected to my body. I was more aware of what was happening. You know I was better informed. And so for me a friend what she told me was like just instead of thinking about pushing the baby out, Mm -hmm. they were talking to me about helping relax, like to relax as much as I can, to breathe, to go into a mental space that creates more relaxation because your body will kind of do the things it needs to do Mm. to help the baby come out. So it's like less pushing because the, the, it's, Meaning like you're not pushing like you were going to the bathroom. Yeah. It's more like you're letting your body kind of relax. The contractions will come and position your body in a way where like it's helping the body Mm. push the baby out Mm. by allowing your body to just do what it needs to do. So there's, it's more of that. It's more of like, okay, now I'm going to push. So it's less of that. And it's more like my body knows what to do. Right. My body instinctually will get in position, will get in like some sit up or curling position to push the baby through the canal and like deliver the baby. I think so many of us, myself included, think that it's in our own strength and power Mm -hmm. to get this baby out Out. or else it's just going to stay in there. It's so true. But the fact is that no matter 
how much you resist it, it will still come out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because your body will naturally just go into that state. Yeah. So I think for me, again, this is just kind of coming from my very competitive mindset. I could do this as fast. Like, how fast can I do this? I felt like it was almost a competition. Yes. Like, I could beat everyone. Of course. I know that about you. And you did, by the way. I was there 20 minutes pretty pretty fast. Yeah. So that's just my mindset with everything that I do. Mm. Business, personal, giving birth. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, record time. Let's do this. And I'm just pushing as hard and as fast as I can. But obviously, that's also not healthy either because it puts strain on your body. Maybe that was a reason why I tore and then she had to cut me. I don't know. But you do tear with that if you're pushing way too fast and way too hard. Yeah. And so my recommendation is also, Mm -hmm. remember, it's not a competition. (laughs) (laughs) The baby will come out no matter what you do. Or don't do. Or don't do. Yeah. And I know this sounds really annoying because how can you chill? But Chill. chill. Just chill. Yes. And I remember, so this is like when I was asking you earlier about like, what did you expect versus like the reality? Yeah. I would watch these videos and like these moms, there were some mom YouTube videos when they were like, bring a candle, bring a pillow from home, bring your own underwear. Don't wear the hospital underwear. And like, I remember watching these videos and I was like, this was all part of their like routine Routine. to relax and like Uh. bring the music that makes you happy don't let the in-laws in the delivery room, right? These were some of like these checklists that these moms would do in preparation to be relaxed and have a more connected delivery. I mean, that did not happen at all because I also didn't believe it. Like I didn't do any of that because I was like, that that makes no sense to me. Like when you go in there, it's wartime. Like, yeah. Like I'm not here for a spa day. Like why? Why do I have a candle? Why? Would why do I have nice lacy underwear? Like yeah. for what? Yeah, maybe not lacy underwear. But I think they were like bring your own cotton underwear. Don't wear like the hospital one. Even though I think the hospital underwear is amazing. It's superior. It's yeah, so much better. I actually stocked up on those. Keep those. Absolutely, you're right. So I, that was like kind of like my expectation versus reality kind of thing that I kept going back to. I was like, no, that, that doesn't happen. And even if the candles there, who's going to light it up? Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Not me. Yeah. So that was kind of the different, like the things that didn't make sense to me during labor. Okay. We covered contractions. We covered kind of labor. Okay. Let's talk about the things that did actually help and memorable moments. Okay. What did actually help? Like, what are two things like, when Jane gets pregnant, we're like, what are the two things you're going to tell her? Oh, that's a good one because she, I, I feel like she is going to get pregnant soon. Oh, good. I mean, <laughs> she's going to be mad if she listens to this. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I think she, they really want kids. So hopefully it happens soon. I would tell her and anyone else that, <sighs> I'm trying to think something positive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we should. We, I feel like because we've talked about the things that were surprising to us, right? Like the things that were difficult, the tearing, the, all the things. I wanted to share two things that really helped me. The first, while we're, you're like actually in labor. The first thing was, you know, we talked about it just now. Like relax. Try to relax as much as you can. Do the breathing techniques. A lot of moms do like the oh hypnosis, hypnosis. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. Again, it's just kind of like having those moments where you can go to your happy place, right? Okay. These are the two things I did that did work. The candle did not work. The pillow did not work. But what did work for me was 
with my second, I had a photo of my firstborn with me. And for whatever reason, like me having access to that or even knowing it was next to me just gave me a lot of positive vibes and Mm. just a lot of comfort and a lot of just like good energy. Mm. And it did help me relax. And then the second thing is is something that the nurse who was who was there that evening changed my life, changed the entire experience. So kudos to all of the labor nurses. She gave me a towel. So with the, again, it's the whole pushing misconception that we have that you have to like, oh, bush, you know, it's not that. It was like, Sarah, try to relax and I'm going to give you a towel and you're going to hold one end of the towel and she held the other end of the towel. And so we would do sort of this tug of war kind of thing. Mm. And I was really focused on just not, you know, being pulled over because I was, she was pulling really hard. And then I had to, in response, pull really hard as well. And what happened with that is, first of all, it distracted me from the pushing piece. It distracted me from like me getting on my head as to how I'm supposed to quote unquote push the right way Mm, mm. and what it did was like it did help me relax and it kind of it it pulled me up into like a a crunch like a sit-up and that helped just move the labor far along Mm. I don't know if that makes sense so if there if you guys want to google it up like just this this like tug of war or like this towel technique that nurses do during labor it changed the entire process I for feel me like everyone should do that i i feel like maybe more nurses know about it for whatever reason my nurse with my first baby didn't have that technique that tool but this nurse this nurse and i still remember her name because she was so like it just made such oh. an impact it made the whole evening so much better that was really really helpful okay now I know what I want to say now. One is having you there. Oh, yes. Because, okay. And also another thing, I didn't let my parents inside, which was probably the right thing to do. So there's only like three of you guys in there. Obviously, at the time, their dad and you and my sister. Nobody knew what was happening. No one knew. You were the only one that went through it. So I remember you just kind of encouraging me and talking me through And you were basically my doula. Like we didn't even know what a doula was, (laughs) but you were acting as my doula. And better yet, you are a really, really close friend of mine. So I just felt like I could trust you. And there's a certain sense of calmness there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's having someone that's kind of outside of your kind of immediate group of like a doctor or your partner. I think that was really significant for me because it was really encouraging And then two is actually the epidural part for me. I think I benefited a lot that I didn't get the epidural until the very, very end. And the fact that I got it towards the end and it was like the tiniest little dose Mm -hmm. ever. And I was numb towards after I gave birth. So I, I still kind of, and I just remember after giving birth, just feeling this kind of like, obviously this high because you just like Mm -hmm. went through all this, have this adrenaline. But at the same time, I couldn't feel any of my pain. (laughs) Yeah, I see. And so I was just having the best time with my family. My parents came in. You were there. It it was just a moment that I I remember Mm -hmm. because I just felt like we were hanging out. And I think it was because I was so numb (laughs) and I couldn't feel anything. But also it was because I held off on getting the epidural. Yeah. So I think that strategy actually worked for me. So yeah. if anyone 
is planning to get epidural, I would say try to hold off until the very, very end mm-hmm. and get a tiny piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love those both those tips. We want to encourage all of our listeners to check out actually Dear Doula because they do provide fantastic services. Yeah. And that's also why we wanted her to be here with us last week. She helped us launch this series and we wanted to share more details about our labor story so that you guys know exactly what we went through and what we were thinking, what we expected and what actually happened. And hopefully next week we can share a little bit more. Next week, what should we talk about? Sleep and milk. Yeah, milk. (laughs) Sleep and milk. The two things, literally the two things that your baby needs. The baby doesn't need anything else except for sleep and milk. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. Okay, so we'll, we'll do... I love that you said milk. Like you didn't say breastfeeding. You wanted you went with milk. Like- well, <laughs> because I also want to cover oh, formula. formula. Got it. Because I think we I we all know that breast is best. I think every single person knows that. But there are women that either choose not to do breastfeeding or they're not able to do breastfeeding. And that's why I said milk. Because milk is includes Either. everyone <laughs> i love that i was just thinking you were talking about like animals but okay. <laughs> okay love that so then we'll we'll bring some of those resources for you guys next week and talk about our personal experiences as well yeah so thanks for listening in and we hope that you like this episode and this series we'll see you guys next week Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumo Brain on Instagram. 